welcome to another episode of the Haskin Cast Podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, here with another wonderful album review, you guys. This is the follow-up to Tragic Kingdom, No Doubts, Return of the Saturn. I have no idea why they call it that, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Because it came out in April of 2000, uh, I was really excited when this came out because I was a huge fan of Tragic Kingdom, as you might have noticed uh, if you listened to my review of Tragic Kingdom. And uh, yeah, I listened to it and I'm like, there's some really good stuff on here. And then just kind of sat there for a while. I didn't really listen to it again until uh, the autumn, I think, when I was you know, I was driving to work five days a week and just looking for something different to listen to. And I remembered that I I never really gave this album a chance. And I think it's just one of those things where I just have that weird thing about me where I don't, uh, you know, I'll get into a song or two or an album and, and just kind of let it go at that and don't really follow up with most bands. Um, this one, um, I was really glad I gave another chance to. So it so it has like this this time of year is uh, is the time that I tend to think of of my association with this album because after that I listened to it constantly. Um there's some really good stuff on here. However, there was something about this album that as I was doing research for the podcast, I had no idea about. And we will get to that somewhere in the podcast. Spoiler alert, it's towards the end. But we'll get there. Uh anyway, this album came out in April of 2000. Uh, it really was a great follow-up to Tragic Kingdom, uh, a different album, but really along the same flavor in a lot of respects. You could definitely tell it was no doubt. Uh, j- we'll do a quick um, list of the band here. We have, of course, on vocals, Gwen Stefani, on guitar, Tom Dumont, on bass, Tony Canal, and on drums and percussion, Adrian Young. Um, pretty much the same band, you know? There are 14 songs on this album, or are there... Hmm. We'll find out. Uh, that's really all that I wanted to get into the history. I'll just talk about the the album cover a little bit here because it's there's a lot going on, a lot of stuff going on on this one. Um, Gwen Stefani is uh, on the left side. They're in a bedroom, and she is standing there with a telescope, some sort of flower on her hip, and pink hair with uh, a white thing in front, almost like, uh, who is it, Sia that did that. Uh, there's another, like a fake head with a similar wig on the floor. There's a, um, looks like a, a coffee tray and Tony Canal is on the floor as far from Gwen Stefani as possible, uh, pouring, over pouring coffee onto a tray. I will never, ever, ever promote the waste of coffee. That beverage is far too precious to me to ever say that it's a good idea to just let it go. Um, weird little masks and things on the, on the very right. I can't tell if those are rockets or lipsticks. Uh, they could be either. There's some weird, uh, contraption in, in the background. And then you see the rings of Saturn. There's a a three tiered wedding cake and a guitar player, uh, holding some sort of thing. I can't, it looks like it's maybe a lamp. Uh, I can't tell for sure, but, uh, it looks like it is because that kind of goes with the lamp that's on the other side of Gwen. And then, of course, we have a, a naked drummer flying in the air because that's uh, that's what drummers do. <laughs> I don't understand this band, uh, but I love their music. So uh, at the top, you see No Doubt, and there is a Saturn in between the words No and Doubt, and in a very plain font, uh, Return of Saturn. So it's not Return of the Saturn, it's Return of Saturn, according to the album cover. Uh, either way, I have no idea, because as far as I knew, Saturn never went anywhere. 
maybe it did and uh, and I missed it. I know what was it was it Pluto? I think that that they stopped saying was a planet and then they're like it's a moon and then somebody else is like no it's a planet. I don't even know what the thing is. It's a big sphere in the universe. That's all that matters to me. And uh so our first song is a song that I have uh, a little bit of a bone of contention with. It's a great song. I'm not going to argue the quality of the song. However, it gets stuck in my head ad nauseum. So I am risking virtual life and limb doing this podcast to have this song put in my head yet again. Fortunately, we're knocking it off right off the top. One thing that uh, is really interesting in this uh, particular song, you can really hear it, is just how piccolo the snare drum is. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the piccolo snare, uh, listen to this snare sound, and that's what I'm talking about. It's basically a snare drum that's not very deep. You know, it's it's usually like three and a half inches or so. Still 14 inches across, like a standard snare drum. You can get them in 13 or 14, I believe. Um, there may have more sizes. I haven't looked in, into them in a while because I'm not a huge fan of the sound on the whole. It's nice to use as an effect here and there. Um, but just to to use it through a whole song like this kind of um, kind of cuts through my ears a little bit unless it's EQ'd incredibly well. So um, let's get into it. Here it is. It's called Ex-Girlfriend. Absolutely fantastic song. I, I will not disagree with that in any way, shape, or form, but damn, the song gets stuck in my head. So the snare uh, at the very beginning, the light gentle one is not the one I'm talking about. It's the one during the main part of the song where everything is just running very heavy. It's just got such a ring to it, you know, and uh, fortunately they put a noise gate on it. So it really uh, kind of cut it off. But man, that sound after a while, it just really kind of wears on me. Uh, not a huge fan on it as a... Um, you know, as a, as a main instrument, but, uh, you know, for an effect here, they're not too bad, maybe for a part as opposed to the main snare in a song. Just my opinion. They're very popular. Uh, I realize that, but damn, that ring just kind of cuts through my head. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that one was released. Um, it was a pretty popular song from what I remember, uh, but it's really cool. It's got great energy to it. It's a great way to kick off the album for sure. Um, I love the beginning part where it's kind of sounds like a mandolin and um, just passes a couple times before it really kicks in. But as soon as it kicks in, like you are along for the ride. Then they do that typical no doubt thing where they diminish everything and, and put a little bit of filters on the drums and make them sound like they're a little bit farther away and thin. Uh, that way it makes the part where they're going to sing the chorus and he comes in with that drum fill makes it much more powerful. You know, it's an interesting trick. They've used it before. Uh, it's kind of a, a signature thing for them, uh, as far as I'm concerned, from the stuff that I know. And I really only know these two albums. 
Uh, I know they've got others that, again, I just haven't dug into for whatever reason. Um, our next song is is another one that was very popular. I absolutely love this song. I think it's one of Gwen's best vocal performances of all the songs that I've heard her sing. And this is called Simple Kind of Life. This is such a great song. It's it's certainly understandable why it was so popular. Um, again, you hear that what I was just saying about you know the classic no doubt trick is you have a, a part of the song, then you use that filter, and then you go like way back, diminish the music, and again it makes certain parts uh, even more emphasized than they would be otherwise. You know, normally uh, a chorus is a little more emphasized than a verse. But here they they just take that to the next level. They just take these parts and they put them in the background. They diminish that power and then boom, the song explodes. And I think that has a lot to do with um, why they were so popular because they were so high impact. And uh, that was a good part of it. Um, It sounded to me like he did go back to that piccolo snare, but without the ring on it. So they deadened it a little bit more, which was nice. But he was using, I'm pretty sure, um, through the majority of the song, a regular snare, and then he just uh, did some accents on the piccolo. Um, great bass on this song. I, I love that he really lays back in certain spots and just makes like a little appearance uh, and then backs out again and then comes back in. Um, I think that's really intelligent uh, writing and performance. Gwen, absolutely fantastic on this song. Um, guitars are really good. I don't, It's just got such a great feel to it, even though it's kind of a sad song. You know, she's just yearning for this kind of relationship and she doesn't get it. But uh, musically, it just it just feels like such a good song. And, and her vocal performance is just so warm and, and uh, passionate. And you really feel like she's living the story. You know, like this is something that and, and it may have been. Um, but you you definitely feel like this is sung from the point of experience instead of understanding the lyrics. There's a difference. Um, great song. Absolutely great song. So now we're going to get, here we go again. We're going to get into another one of those songs that gets stuck in my head and I can't get rid of it. And I think this was at the point, like when I first thought about doing a review of this album, when I was doing Tragic Kingdom, I thought, should I do this one? And these were the two songs that, that really made it difficult for me to say yes. Uh, Ex-Girlfriend and this one, Bathwater. I don't know why I said that so metal. Oh, 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 
precious collection You've housed in your covers My simpleness threatened by my own admission And the bags are much too heavy In my insecure condition My pregnant mind is Thanks a lot, podcast. Now this is going to be in my head all night. Uh, we'll have to drown it out with the next song. Anyway, um, cool song, though. I, I love the vocal delivery on this. The, just the rhythmic pattern, the way she does it. It, it almost feels kind of vintage. And uh, it's really cool. It's very different, which is common for them. They find ways to do things that aren't normal. And, uh, and I love that about them. Um, love the horns on this. I thought that was great to bring in. Love the hi-hat, especially. Um, really powerful song. Great chorus. Uh, very energetic. Uh, it's one of those ones that, uh, you know, if I ever decided to get up out of my chair, would probably get me moving. Uh, be a good one to clean the house to. But in any case, great song. Um, just gets stuck in my head. So I say uh, we dig in a little more to this album. Let's go six feet under. Why am I being so metal on this one today? You know, six feet under. Six feet under. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, cool song. It's really short, though. It's only, uh, what, two and a half minutes? And I kind of want more, to be honest. Um, really cool hooks. Uh, love that hook uh, going into the chorus that uh, today's my birthday part. And uh, it's just got such great energy to it. Killer drums on this song. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help it. I want more. But I don't get it. So we move on to song number five. This one's called Magics in the Makeup. There's a lot to unpack with this song. And so um, I'm going to start with the guitars because 
There's a lot of guitar tracks here. There's some good layering, and I wonder how they would have done this live because they don't have a rhythm guitarist. Um, the bass is kind of sparse. Maybe the bass could fill in a little bit of that um, during the verse anyway, but it's, um, you know, there's there's definitely two layers of guitars, at least, that I'm hearing. And then in the verse of the song, um, I'm pretty sure that's a, a guitar synth that we're hearing because, again, I don't have a keyboard player credit on a brass credits either, but um, I don't have a keyboard credit and that really sounds like it's picked by a guitar. So I'm guessing that's like a Roland GR30 guitar synth or something like that. Um, but it's really cool. I, I really like it. I love the feel of the song. I love the oddball sounds. I'm a big fan of using non-standard sounds and, and, you know, no doubt is a band that would do that. Um, they're kind of like, okay, what would every other band do? Okay. Now what are we going to do? Uh, and, and I, I very much appreciate that about them, but, um, yeah, this is a cool song. It's a little more mellow. Um, it's a little bit long. Uh, it, it, um, what is it just under, Oh, it's just under four and a half minutes, but it does feel like it's a little bit long. And maybe part of that is because we're coming off of a song that was only two and a half minutes. And then this is a slower tempo and slower tempo songs seem to be, um, you know, they have a, a, a more dragged out feel to them. So that could be why. Uh, but it's a really beautiful song. It's a great um, delivery from Gwen. I think Gwen um, is the highlight on this one, but also guitars. I mean, there's a lot going on guitar wise. So I'm I'm definitely going to have to give Tom some credit on this one. Um yeah, really good song. Just got a great feel to it. And that's, I think, a big appeal to me anyway for this band is just the feel of their music, the mood, the um, sort of the paint of the room when you walk into the song, just the the general feel of them is uh, always something pleasing to me. They always come up with something good, whether it's uh, up-tempo or moody or whatever it might be. They always just put me in a room I want to be in. And I really like that. Um except for the room that's in the album cover. That one's just a little crazy for me. Uh, but great song. Definitely a great song. Uh, now we're going to get to almost the halfway point of the album with a song called Artificial Sweetener. Well, you've got Def Leppard singing Pour Some Sugar on Me with no respect to their diabetic fans whatsoever. And then here you have no doubt writing an entire song for them. Uh, of course, it has nothing to do with actual sugar, but it's a nice thought. Um, yeah, this is an OK song. Um, it's not one that particularly inspires me, although there's some really cool sounds in it. Um, they did a lot of sound layering in there, which, again, kind of goes back and forth to whether somebody was playing keyboards um, or if all this is done on a, a Roland GR30 guitar synth or something similar. Um, hard to tell. Really hard to tell. Um, but great sounds anyway. I love the layering of them. Um, it's got a good feel to it. I really like the the chorus and um, 
in that um, there's a really cool middle section with some very heavy bass and guitar. Uh, but for the most part, I think this is one that I, I skipped most of the time, to be honest. It just never really gripped me that much. Um, hearing it now after a long time, I have to say I probably like it more than I did previously. So I'll have to uh, give it another spin or two and, and see how I feel about it now. But uh, it definitely does have some cool parts to it. So I would highly suggest checking out the full song as I do with each and every one of these. Uh, but we need to get back to the relationship world and finding out what's going on with Marry Me. Well, now we've got some piano in there, so that's going to lead me more towards there is somebody playing keyboards. Um, not surprising, though. I mean, Glenn, Gwen, as a um, as a solo artist, would be doing a lot of that stuff, I would imagine, on her own albums. And I'm sure that everyone else in the band was perfectly capable. Um, but I definitely don't get the feel that the piano playing was guitar synth. Um, while there are piano patches on guitar synths, um, that really had the feel of piano playing. So I'm going to go with somebody's playing keyboards. I don't know who it is. Not even going to speculate. Doesn't matter to me because at the end of the day, it's all about the song. This is another one for me that's kind of a sleeper, to be honest. I mean, it's uh, what, over four and a half minutes and it's slower tempo. It just kind of, I don't know, it doesn't really go anywhere for me. And the subject matter doesn't really excite me either. So that probably doesn't help. But um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's certainly a, a song that... Um, it feels like it fits on the album. Uh, love a lot of the effects and stuff that they put in there. Those are very cool, but um, it's a pretty long song for me. So I think this is one, uh, again, that I would usually skip when I was listening. So if I remember right, I would skip a, a, a couple at least. Uh, we'll see uh, the next one because I can't honestly remember what it is. It's called New. Just New. Never had this taste in my 
Yeah, this is another really classic No Doubt style song. Um, really love the build on this one. They're they're playing the long game on it for sure, um, but it does pay off. I think um, the chorus is great. I love the um, the different synth sounds that we hear. So this was really bugging me. Um, I did a little bit of digging, and I found out that yes, there are indeed uh, quite a bit of keyboards on the album. There's a couple of different people that are involved. Uh, Gabriel Gabriel with an A, uh, McNair. We also have, uh, I'll go ahead and read it on trumpet, Stephen Bradley on synthesizer programming, uh, just on track five, which was uh, magic in the makeup, uh, Brian Kerrigan and Michael Bod Bodlicker, it looks like. Uh, we have Theo Houndog Mondi on tablas, which are those little percussion instruments that you hear um, here and there. Uh, we also have uh, Orion Crawford on chart preparation, uh, then we have Mike Garrison on piano, just on Too Late, which is our next song, and Paul Buckmaster on stringed instruments. Uh, so we've got we've got a couple of different people involved with keyboard programming and performance. So uh, there you go. That was not a Roland GR30 synth. I uh, don't have anything showing that Roland uh, GR30 was involved in this album, although it may have easily been. Um, but yeah, that was a, a pretty cool song. Uh, new. It's uh, it's got a good feel to it. Really good energy. Um, definitely feels like a no doubt song definitely belongs on the album. Uh, but with that, we're going to get to my favorite song, which I'm really anxious to get to. This is called too late. This is definitely my favorite song on the album. It's got such great layering to it. Some really great bass choices. Um, I love at one point where he's playing in a higher register, then he just drops it down, um, plays the same thing over it. Um, really, really cool. Beautiful vocal layering from Gwen, especially towards the end. Uh, there's even a nice part with uh, some brass in there which uh, is kind of surprising. It's almost like you you feel like there's a chance right before they let you down again. Um, really killer song. Uh, I highly recommend listening to it. After I got into this album, this song was then on like all of my different mixed CDs that I would, I would put together to listen to in the car. Um, just like, you know, different groups of, of favorite songs or whatever and songs that reminded me of that season from the past and, uh, you know, whatever new stuff I wanted to hear. And, and this song, I think, was on every single one of them. So uh, definitely a favorite. And we're not done with it. And we'll find out why later. For those of you who don't already know or knew before I started researching this podcast. Um, but there we go. Great song. Check out that whole thing, especially the end. I mean, it's just a, a almost a cacophony of sound, you know, um, and especially just those layers from Gwen are, are almost ghostly. Um, absolutely 
stunning. Just love it. Uh, moving on to song number 10. This is called Comforting Lie. This one comes in at just under three minutes. Um, really powerful, though. Um, I like that dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah, that's a really cool part. Um, Gwen's vocals. I mean, yeah, God, every song I could say how how great she sounds. She's absolutely amazing. But there's a lot of cool things going on with the drums. You're not hearing a hi hat during the verse. He's playing on a floor tom instead. Lots of nice little fills and things happening throughout the song. Some great drum patterns. Um, again, like multi guitar layers. I wonder if they tour. I'll have to look and see, but it, it sounds like, they, I don't know how they would pull this off as a four-piece live and have the depth of sound that they do because they're so layered. You know, without like a touring keyboard player or rhythm guitarist, I really feel like they would sound kind of thin on stage. So I'm not sure. I, I've not seen any of their live footage. I don't believe I've ever seen anything live from them, but I don't typically seek that out anyway. Um not, not a whole fan of, of live music, as I've talked about many times on the show. But in any case, this is a cool song. It's just a little short. Again, it's, it's like the songs are either too long or too short for me. And um, well, that's just how it goes. You know, our next song is called Suspension Without Suspense. This is another one that, you know, if it was on in the background, I'd be like, okay, cool. It's, you know, wouldn't really think twice about it. But just listening to it on the album, it's another one I would probably skip, to be honest. And I think this is the big difference with 
tragic kingdom and return it to Saturn is that with tragic kingdom, every single song I want, I would want to hear when it came on with this one, it didn't hit home on every single song for me. And I, I recall now um, that I'm going through these one by one. That's kind of why I shelved it um, fairly quickly after hearing it was that, yeah, there's some cool stuff on here, but uh, for the most part, um, you know, all, what a third of the songs or a quarter of the songs or so are, are ones I would skip. So um, it just didn't have the same impact that Tragic Kingdom did for me. Nothing wrong with the songs by any means, I, I don't think. Um, just for me, didn't really hit the way I, I wanted them to. Um, so there's that to contend with. But either way, it's a cool song. Um, but again, not one I would probably listen to in the car or ever crave. Like, God, I got to hear this one. You know, but in it, you know, if you're just listening to the whole album or if you have it on in the background, it's a it's a perfectly fine song. Um, as we wind down to what may or may not be the last three tracks on the album, our next song is called Staring Problem. Well, there's one that a lot of people have. this song feels very much like it would have fit on Tragic Kingdom. Um, it certainly livens things up after the last song. We needed something with a little bit more energy, I think. So this is good placement for this song. Um, this is a cool one, really energetic drum wise. Um, rhythmically almost sounds a little bit like Ex-Girlfriend. Um, there was another one too I was going to mention that I thought did. I can't remember which one now. But um, yeah, this is a cool one. I, I really dig this one. Um, I don't normally like when people spell out titles in the chorus. That's usually a thing like, okay, we did that in the 60s. Let's do other things now. But that actually works really well in, in this one. Um, I like the way that she sings it. But it's a cool song, really energetic. Uh, some great guitars and bass in here too. Um, not to leave them out by any means. Um, just fantastic overall performance on this one. Um, this would be a great live song. I think I could I could definitely see this being a good song uh, that would translate to the stage. So I don't know, maybe they did it. Um, as we move down to our last couple of songs, now this one has a really weird ending, by the way, because it, it has this like little toy sounds and it sounds like it might go right into uh, this next one. I can't remember, but it's called Home Now.
You know, that phrase, if you lived here, you'd be home now is so true. And it's funny because when I used to go home from work, I used to see this sign on an apartment complex that said that out front. And every day I thought, yeah, I would be home right now. Uh, instead, I have another like 10 minutes before I'm, I'm going to be home. Well, I eventually moved to that apartment. So now I am home now and I work at home. So I don't hardly ever see that sign. I think they've actually taken it down anyway. But in any case, it's a it's a great and very true phrase. Um, yeah, cool song. I, I really like this. It, it feels very, um, boy, I don't know what the word is. Um, a lot of cool rhythmic parts, uh, maybe tribal, maybe, maybe that's what I'm looking for a little bit tribal. Um, a lot of cool rhythmic parts. I, I really dig the drums on this one. I like the openness of the guitar. I like that it doesn't, you know, feel like it has to play constantly, but can just kind of ring out and let the song breathe because with the drums being a little more aggressive, um, if the guitars were also, then they would drown each other out to an extent. Um, they would be competing for that space instead of working together. So this is one where the guitar lays back a little bit and the drums come forward a little bit. Bass is, um, well, it's bass. It's a typical Tony Canal playing. Really a lot of interesting note note choices, which I always appreciate from him. Very talented bass player. Uh, But yeah, that's a really good song. I I, I really think it's it's cool. I think it would have been a good first side closer too, um, or album closer. But we do have one more song, or do we? This one's called, do you know, Dark Blue. real complaint I have about this song is, you know, the chorus really, and and there's nothing wrong with it per se, but we already had too late. Now she's singing too bad. They're both mellow, slower songs. Um, just, I, I might be nitpicking here, but I don't know. That just seems a little much to me. Um, but this is a very beautiful song. I love her delivery. She sings so smoothly in this song. Um, the music is great. I love that the drums are a little more aggressive than you would expect in a song like this, but I think it really works. And they're one of the few bands that could really pull that off um, the way that they do. But uh, yeah, it's it's a good song. Definitely a good album closer. Um, you can either close on high energy or you can close on something that has like real emotion that makes you want to go back and listen to the album again. I think either one of those could temporarily potentially do that. And um, I think that they've gone that route with this one. Definitely makes me want to start the album over. And I think that's why I ended up not knowing what I found out when I was researching this album. So I teased this at the top of the show. Um, I'm still a little bit flabbergasted, but this explains why. Because like when this fades out, I'm like, okay, album's over. I want to hear it again, or I'm ready to hear something else. So there is a good solid minute of empty space before we get our hidden track. 
and I'm just going to play it for you and tell me if you recognize it or don't tell me, but you know, decide for yourself. did I not know it? I mean, the track is 10 and a half minutes long. But like I said, when the song ended, I was like, okay, that's the end of the CD. Let's go back to the first one or listen to something else, whatever. Um, But man, I'm glad I found out about this because that is an absolutely gorgeous piano version of Too Late. Um, Of course, it would be like of all the songs on the album, it would be my favorite one. They didn't do Ex-Girlfriend or Bathwater or anything else. They picked Too Late. Um, so obviously this, this particular song touches people, um, love the piano of it. The piano, it's interesting because the piano is almost hopeful in this, where are the strings? They come in and they're like, no, not so much. We're going to be sad around your happy piano. Um, then the piano gets a little bit more moody, really cool, just absolutely cool dynamics. I love it. I don't know how that came about. Uh, but in any case, I'm really glad that it was recorded because it's absolutely fantastic. Check out the uh, the full song. If your copy or if you're you know listening on wherever you listen and your copy of Dark Blue is more than just a few minutes, then it has the hidden track in it. Skip ahead because it's in there. I can tell you. Actually, I, I know I wrote down somewhere where exactly it was. Oh, how about starts at five minutes and 35 seconds. So that's where you want to look for that. Um, Very, very cool piece of music. So that, guys, is the album Return to Saturn. And uh, well, you know, some places listed as Return of the Saturn. Some places listed the album cover said Return to Saturn. So I don't know. It could be one of those, um, you know, Japanese version versus American version or something. I don't know. In any case. It's the one with Saturn on it. And uh, it's a very cool album. It, it really is. Like I said, there's there's a few songs on here that, you know, were are more background songs for me as opposed to Tragic Kingdom, where I was just excited about everything. But there is some really, really good stuff on here. Uh, the band would continue on to do two more albums before breaking up. And um, yeah, it's a shame, but that it happens. They did a total of six albums. I picked the middle two to fall in love with. And who knows, maybe one day I will give some of those other albums a chance and see what they were all about. I don't know why I wouldn't. I don't know why I don't. I'm very rarely up for new things. Um, It's funny, if somebody else wants to come on and do an album that I'm not familiar with, I'm perfectly fine to give them a forum to do that. And I'll check it out with great interest. But when it comes to just my own personal searching, I'm more of a comfort food guy, I guess. Um, I like the stuff that I like. And if I'm going to spend my time listening to music, I kind of want to listen to something I already know I'm going to like. 
Like, when do you go to a restaurant and go, hey, uh, bring me something I, I've never had that I may hate or may like, I don't know, but I'm willing to invest in it. Um, you don't do that. I mean, typically, you you know, you find out when you're young what you like and you don't like, and you tend to stick to those things unless you're more adventurous. I guess I'm just not that adventurous musically. I'd rather, I, I don't listen to music very often anymore. I don't have the the time. Uh, I, I don't spend that much time in the car, which is where I used to listen to it a lot. Same with audiobooks. I can't remember when the last time was. I oh, it was probably um, oh, it was probably one of Gabrielle Stone's books or D. Wallace's book. Um, pretty sure it was Gabrielle Stone's. Uh, but in any case, um, that would have been oh, what probably the crazy. What is it? The uh, the ridiculous misadventures of a single girl. I think that came out before uh, D. Wallace's book born. And I think those were like the last two that I listened to, because again, I'm not in the car. I don't listen to these things, um, you know, anymore. I don't have time at home because if, if I'm home, I'm either working or working on projects and I can't listen to music or audiobooks when I'm doing that. Can't fall asleep to them because I'll fall asleep and miss it, or I won't fall asleep and I won't get sleep. So, um, yeah, so I don't listen very often. So it's typically comfort food or comfort music for me. Uh, but in any case, this is a great album. I'm really glad I got a chance to revisit it because it's been a while since I've listened to it. There are some really good songs on here. Check it out, guys. Check out the whole album. No doubt you can get the uh, the links are in the show notes for where you can get it on Amazon and iTunes. And thanks for joining me for uh, another episode and another album review. We've got more stuff coming. So stay tuned, subscribe to the channel. And you know what? I don't I don't ask for things very often, almost never. Um, but when I moved the podcast, since I had to do it manually, uh, the couple of reviews that people were kindly enough to leave for the show are gone. So if you feel so inclined, if you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the Haskin Cast podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah, that kind of sucked that I, I lost those two, but that's what happens when you have to move a podcast sometimes. Um, fortunately, the ones for the Uriah Heap show stayed because I was able to uh, move that with the uh, the internal links. Unfortunately, I was not able to do that with this one. Uh, but you know what? That's life. Um, so please, if you feel uh, so inclined, leave a review. That'd be awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode. We'll be back with more stuff coming. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>